It's Unleashed with me, John Lund, for Friday, October 14th, 2024. It is episode 24. Don't lay Super Bowl 54 on Jimmy, says Emmanuel Sanders. He was the receiver who the ball was intended for. Remember him? Jerry Rice's birthday. How many can you absolutely say, yep, that's the GOAT? Draymond says he's not going to worry about his contract this season. Not sure I believe that. 49ers Falcons preview and one for the road. There's a reason why the refs protect football's leading men. Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. John Lund with you. Unleashed on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Friday, October 14th. Happy Friday to you. Had a ton going on today. Leadoff spot in a moment. With Emmanuel Sanders, former 49ers wide receiver, 2019, came over in midseason. Electrified the wide receiver core. Remember, Debo was a rookie. They go to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. And everybody wants to lay that... Uh, Super Bowl on Jimmy for overthrowing Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel's now with NFL Network, and we had an opportunity to ask him about that play, play it back for him. After he was like, hey, that's not very nice. Uh, He explained why we should not put it at the feet of one Jim Garoppolo. So we'll uh, get into that conversation. Jerry Rice's birthday, I have an interesting question for you there. Jeremont says he's not going to worry about his contract. Not so sure about that. we got a 49ers Falcons preview for you. One for the road. And like I said, there's a reason why they protect football's leading men. We'll get into all those things uh, today as well. Plus, remember, you can uh, listen, subscribe, tell your friends all about the podcast. Please tell them about Unleashed, even if you don't like it. Hey, maybe your worst enemies. Hey, there's this great new podcast out. Tell them all about it. Interact with the show at John Lund Radio. Make sure that uh, you interact with the show. And then my day job KNBR Radio, KNBR 680 in the Bay Area, and KNBR.com. You can stream us at any time, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time, and we put podcasts up there as well if you miss any of the guests, like Emmanuel Sanders, who is going to lead everything off in the leadoff spot. In fact, let's get to it. Happy Friday. Thanks for hanging out. Let's start it with Emmanuel Sanders and what he said about giving Jimmy a break. It's the leadoff spot. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Yeah, uh, friend, I knew that, you know, in, in tight games, Kyle was going to come to me because of why he brought me there, a veteran president who's been there, played in big games. So when the call came in, I was all for it. And I remember I saw outside – outside technique of the corner. I'm like, I'm about to get on this dude's toes. I'm about to step on his toes, and I'm just about to run as fast as I can. And, you know, obviously I did that, um, and, you know, I saw the ball in the air, and right when the ball was released, obviously I knew it was overthrown, but I just tried to put it in fifth gear, sixth gear, and, and at least try to make an attempt to go get it. But it's one of those things that, you know, like I, I feel like a lot of people still uh, think about, but for me, like I don't, I don't, I don't think about it too much because at the end of the day, you know, some people say it came down to just that throw, but it didn't come down to that throw. I mean, when you look at Debo, when you look at uh, Jimmy, when you look at George, when you look at Kyle, when you look at Nick, when you look at everybody on that team, everybody can sit back and look at look themselves in the mirror and sit back and say, damn, like, if I would have made this play or if I would have spoke up and said this or if I would have did this and I would have did that, it would have never came down to that one play. You know what I mean? I mean, we're we're up by, what, 10 with, like, I think – Eight minutes or something. Twenty-one to ten with seven thirteen to play, and they to hit that exact. third and fifteen. The wasp play. You're killing me. <laughs> to be exact. That, 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 
one one play or one post route. That's an entire team, offensively, defensively, and special teams that kind of blew that. So, uh, but everybody kind of wants to talk about that one play. But one thing, I'm always going to defend Jimmy, man. Jimmy's a winner. Jimmy Jimmy has always been a winner. I don't really understand why people are on him so much, but he goes in the games and he goes and wins. So I I, I enjoy my time in San Fran, and sometimes I sit back and say, "Dang, I should have I should I should have stayed out there because it was so much fun." But you know, I ended up going to New Orleans and, and trying to chase another Super Bowl. All right, so that's Emmanuel Sanders. He was on uh, my show with Greg Poppin. You heard Greg in there, the voice of the uh, 49ers. We're on KMBR Radio in San Francisco, KMBR 680, from 10 a.m. to uh, 2 p.m. And Emmanuel Sanders is now doing game day morning on Sunday mornings on NFL Network. And as you can tell, he's dynamic. He's great. It was a tremendous interview. And um, it was interesting because we played – I'll, I'll take you behind the scenes a little bit. We're talking with the producers, and we're saying, what are we going to play into Emmanuel Sanders? And Greg says, let's play – you know, I'm going to play the Super Bowl 54 throw. And I'm like, man, do we want to ease in, maybe play something good that he did? <laughs> and then maybe we ease into that, you know, a little into the into the conversation because – you know, we've been, I've been doing this for many, many years, and there's an old way that you interview somebody, and if you're going to ask them something difficult, you wait to the end because if they're going to be an ass and kind of turn on you in the interview, you want it to be late in the interview, and you've already got all the stuff that you want because you don't know how somebody's going to react. So you ask them all the questions, and then you ask kind of the tougher questions at the end, and then if they flip on you, then there's not much left in the interview, and it doesn't matter anyway. So I guess enough time has passed, and you heard Emmanuel Sanders there. Now, the night of, I was in the – 49ers uh, locker room and there's a lot of sad faces and and that's not the response you would have gotten but it is interesting and by the way Emmanuel Sanders career I was looking at it today when we were interviewing him he started as a rookie with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Ben Roethlisberger he's going to the Hall of Fame he went to Denver and Peyton Manning was there he's going to the Hall of Fame obviously he goes to (laughs) San Francisco plays with Jimmy Garoppolo goes for one year New Orleans plays with Drew Brees going to the Hall of Fame and then his last year, 2021, which was last year, played with Josh Allen. And I'm not saying Josh Allen's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm saying he's a damn good quarterback, and who knows? He's got a long way to go. But those are some pretty good quarterbacks. And he defended Jimmy. And everybody who plays with Jimmy says the same thing. Love Jimmy. Jimmy's a winner. I'm going to defend Jimmy. Guys love Jimmy. I mean, it's it, it. That's clear. Guys love Jimmy. And Emmanuel Sanders is right. It's just as a fandom, I think we all know this, that things that are convenient, those become the scapegoats. So referees, zebras. They're convenient. Uh, quarterbacks are easy because you can see when they miss throws, but you don't know really where was that guy supposed to run. And it's, if it's an option route, are you seeing the same thing? And the quarterback saw the right thing and threw it, and it looks like he threw it to the wrong spot and it got picked, but maybe the wide receiver went to the wrong spot. Like we just, Football is such a complicated sport, we just don't know. There are certain sports where it's easy to make scapegoats because you can see when in baseball when a guy drops a ball or a pitcher gives up a home run or all these different – it's a lot easier in other sports – you know, a guy in basketball in the NBA, Steph Curry hits a long three, or, you know, a guy blows a defensive assignment, or somebody gets a blow by, or somebody fouls somebody, or, you know, in all the other sports, I'm not saying it's real easy. Maybe there are some intricacies that we don't understand for sure, but in football, you don't know. I mean, I've had guys on before, and I've asked them questions, and then I've seen them in the locker room. I've had it happen this year uh, with the 49ers, and I've seen them in the locker room later, and they're like, hey, just so you know, when we were doing that interview, I couldn't call this guy out, but this is what happened, just so you know. And so, you know, Pro Football Focus does this, for example, and they have a company built on it, and it's assuming what each player was going to do or should have done. And a lot of times, that's just not the case. I've had numerous players tell me that. So I, I'm saying that because Jimmy Garoppolo gets blamed in Super Bowl 54 because it's easy. Oh, he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. 
But there were a lot of plays, as Emmanuel Sanders says, and Richard Sherman said this after the game as well, that you know, defensively there was things they could have done. I was at the game. I did pre-half and post-game. I was right in the booth in the corner. And I remember after Kyle Juszczyk scored with seven minutes left in the game, I won't say who turned around to me. <laughs> but I remember the broadcast team turned around to me. And remember, this was in Kansas City. They were coming back against everybody. They came back from a 24 nothing against the Texans. That whole playoff run, they came back. And that was all in the back of all of our heads. We talked about it in the pregame show incessantly that day from Miami and Hard Rock Stadium. When they went up, a member of the broadcast team turned to me and said, I think we're going to win this thing. And then, of course, that was the jinx. And that's what I blame on it. I don't blame Jimmy Garoppolo. I blame that. I blame that jinx. Because we all went, oh, you can't say that. Anyway, there's Emmanuel Sanders letting Jimmy Garoppolo off the hook. I thought you would enjoy that. I don't think it will change your opinion on letting him off the hook because it's easy. We all try to find scapegoats easily in in football, and we don't want to dig deep into it. So Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew Emmanuel Sanders in most people's eyes. He will always be the GOAT of Super Bowl 54. Next. His game in the prime of his career, and goal indeed, and it's Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice works the stumble, scores the 125th touchdown of his career. Two years ago, it's overturned, I think. Oh, not so sure. Here's a reverse to Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice trying to tie. He does it. Jim Brown touchdown. He does it. Well, what do you think of that? Lewis with the coverage, but Jerry Rice is just unstoppable. And there it is, your new leaderboard. That, of course, was the uh, Monday night against the Raiders. Jerry Rice gets the all-time touchdown record, and you got Al Michaels there and Dan Deerdorf and Frank Gifford. Those were the three there if you're not old school. So Al Michaels, Dan Deerdorf, Frank Gifford, those are the voices that you heard. The reason I bring it up, and... I should have had it on yesterday's pod. I had it in my notes, and I never got to it, but I, I'm not going to let it pass. Uh, October 13th, Thursday, uh, Jerry Rice turned 60 years old, and he looks amazing. I've seen him at many golf tournaments. Uh, I, when I did pre- and post-game, I do pre- and post-game for the 49ers, but we used to have it at the stadium on the road games, and Jerry would come to a lot of the road games, and we'd hang out and talk, and he's just a great guy, and he's in amazing shape. So Jerry Rice turned 60 years old, but that's not the reason I'm talking about Jerry Rice. The reason I'm talking about Jerry Rice is I started thinking about this. How many guys, how many people, I should say, uh, in sports can you absolutely say they're the GOAT without much debate? Because everybody likes to, especially on the screaming uh, ESPN shows and the talking head shows on TV now, everybody likes to debate the greatest this and the greatest that or the worst this or the worst that or the lists. I'm not much of a list guy, but I did start. I, I, this did just kind of get into my brain a little bit, and I wanted to get it out with you. At John Lund Radio, you can hit me up. I'm curious, because I think Jerry Rice, without much debate, is the greatest wide receiver of all time. And if he had played in today's game with today's rules, where you have less physical contact, you can't touch, can't grab, you can't push, uh, you can't really be physical, you wouldn't have to fear going over the middle like he did back in the day. And offenses throw the ball even more than what the 49ers did under Bill Walsh with Joe Montana and Steve Young. I think Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver of all time, and it's not because I'm sitting in the Bay Area. It's just I mean, he was number two, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. I mean, numbers-wise, you could go back old, more old school than that, but I don't think there's much debate. Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Uh, in the Bay Area, there's probably some debate on quarterback. I, I think the more 
Tom Brady plays, the more records he has, he is, you know, he's going to have yards, touchdowns, Super Bowl rings. It's really hard to argue Tom Brady. Every situation is different. I talk about this. When you talk greatest all time, like we just have gotten done with the Bonds v. Aaron Judge debate, and I think there's a, a lot to be said about it. And I, I still think Barry Bonds is the, the uh, home run champ. We've been through that, and I don't think there's much debate. But people like to debate it. I don't think there's a lot of debate. Brady versus Montana, I think those are the top two, and I think Brady's won. Uh, I, I covered, I started in this business during the Michael Jordan era, so I think Jordan's the greatest. But I didn't see Bill Russell. I didn't see Wilt in his prime. I saw Kareem, but not in his prime. But I don't know that there's much debate. I think most people believe that Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. Some believe that LeBron could catch him. I think they're different players. LeBron, a more well-rounded, you know, in terms of rebounding, passing. He's just, he's different. Uh, Kobe wasn't as great as Jordan. He was great. He just wasn't as great as Jordan. So I think, and then I think Wayne Gretzky, the numbers for Wayne Gretzky, and, and somebody who is uh, better at, hockey analysis than me can tell me if I'm wrong in this and you know I lived in Pittsburgh and I know not know I shouldn't say I know um, I've met and covered Mario Lemieux a little bit more as an owner than a player as great as he was I think Wayne Gretzky just because of the numbers that he has is the greatest so I think Jerry Rice Tom Brady Michael Jordan Wayne Gretzky there's not a ton of debate with those guys as the greatest again at John Lund Radio if you disagree on Twitter some of the great debates NBA centers, you know, Kareem, Wilt, Russell. I know Kareem has the offensive numbers. Russell has the defense and the championships. Wilt was the most physical, uh, the physically dominating center. So I think NBA centers, running backs. I don't think it's Emmett Smith just because Emmett is at the top of the rushing list. If you were around back then, that offensive line with Nate Newton and Eric Williams, Mark Stepnoski, all those kind of guys, that was a great offensive line. Not to say Emmett wasn't great, but I don't think he was the greatest uh, the debate rages with Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. I think they're at the top. One of those guys. Best point guard, maybe it's Magic. I mean, Magic was 6'8". And again, if you're part of the younger, younger demographic, there just hasn't been a guy like that. Uh, I cover John Stockton a lot. He's the all-time leader in steals and assists. That should say something. Some people think it's Curry. You know, Curry's kind of a combo guard, so I'm not sure. Some say, say Isaiah Thomas, Chris Paul. Paul's never won a championship, so maybe Magic's clearing away the GOAT when it comes to point guards. Best coach, I think we're getting close to GOAT on that. Same with Belichick. But again, Vince Lombardi, Bill Walsh, there's a lot. I think you could you could debate that. So anyway, we could do it all day long. But the point is, Jerry Rice turned 60, and I thought, how many guys, how many people, how many sports figures could you think of right out of the gate and you say, GOAT, just greatest of all time? Greatest of all time. And I think Jerry Rice at the wide receiver position is one of a few that there's not much of a debate. Hit me up, at John Lund Radio. And let me know what you think. And happy 60 to the goat. He even has goat fuel. Even markets a drink called goat fuel. Not very confident that Jerry Rice. 60 years old. Happy birthday. Next. The incident has kind of sparked a a wider conversation about your future with the Warriors. I mean, which was already, you know, kind of coming up, obviously, with unsettled contract situation. What are you, what is your general view of, you know, your future here? and, And do you feel like this incident may have impacted that at all? Uh, my general view of the future here is I'm here this year trying to win a championship. Uh, I have a contract that ranges through next year. Um, if I so choose to pick up that option, and that is my view of how it'll be here. Um, you know, we all have a goal to win a championship, and and that is that. As far as what I think of a contract or an extension, we started the season. Uh, or starting the season, we started camping, and I 
spoke on that at the very beginning and said, I don't think we'll do an extension. Uh, quite frankly, that doesn't mean that I won't be back here. I just don't think we'll do an extension this year. And so I said that at the beginning of the camp, that's not something that I'm going to talk about all year. We got a championship to win. I'm not one to let conversations about uh, my future or what I'm going to do next year or what someone else is going to, I, I, I don't get off into that. I don't, um, I don't like to let contract drama linger, especially when it's, you know, when it's, um, when it's involving me, you know, quite frankly, what other people do with their contracts or, you know, um, if you're going, if you're going to let a contract situation linger, then you better be damn sure that you're willing to handle all the effects of a contract lingering, um, that it can have on the team. And quite frankly, everybody don't do that. Uh, you know, we've seen LeBron James have contract situations. We've seen Steph Curry have contract situation, um, and they handle it, you know, and, and they handle it the way it's supposed to be handled. Can't say that for everyone. And so if you're going to let a contract situation linger, you better be ready to deal with what comes with that. That's Draymond Green on Thursday being asked uh, about his future. And there's been a lot of speculation already. Stephen A. Smith said that Draymond believes – or that he's heard that Draymond believes that this is going to be his last year with the Warriors and that he wouldn't mind going over to the Lakers. Um, there's been speculation in the past when Draymond has done other things beyond this whole punch situation, which this isn't – I didn't bring this up because so I could talk about the punch again. I'm past it, and they've laid down the the uh, punishment for it. And if you haven't heard my opinion on it, I, I don't think they did the right thing. And you can – a couple of podcasts ago I talked about it at length, so you can go back and – and listen to what I think of it. The, the reason why I think this is interesting today, and I'm not trying to bring up Draymond Green so that people will listen more, I think it's fascinating because, it, first of all, at the end of that cut right there, he said some people don't didn't handle it or haven't handled it or didn't handle it well. Well, he's obviously making reference to Kevin Durant. And so when I heard that today, I thought to myself, is he going to be more Steph Curry, which when his deal was coming up, it's like Steph Curry's like, whatever, it'll get done. Uh, LeBron James a lot of times goes year to year. He doesn't care. Michael Jordan at the end of his contract or end of his career, you know, money wasn't even an issue. It, yeah, uh, money. Yeah, just yeah, you know, wheelbarrow money. Just take it over there. Put it on the pile. I, I, I don't know. I'm never going to spend it. Uh, I I don't know how Draymond Green spends his money. I don't I don't know if he's got advisors. I have no idea what he's doing. Uh, he's got a ton of money though. He signed an 82 million dollar contract. His latest is a 100 million dollar contract. Uh, or if he opts in, it would equal 100. But, he, you know, he's got endorsement deals. He, he seems fine to me. Uh, that's why I did say that a fine was a joke if that's the only punishment that they were going to give him because he's probably got $100 million in the bank and and whatever amount of money that they can find. I believe the max for a player misconduct is $50,000. That's like nickels and dimes to you and I. So it, it's not going to matter. But let's go back to the matter at hand, which is, how he's going to handle the contractual situation? I would be—I'll I'll be honest—I I'll, I would be shocked if Draymond Green was more Steph Curry than he was than he is Kevin Durant. And we saw a couple of years ago. And if you're not around the Warriors, or if you don't remember a couple of years ago, Kevin Durant's last season, which ended in, of course, the Achilles injury against Toronto in the finals. But all season long, he allowed it to linger. It wasn't the media asking about it. It was the speculation and things coming out, and he's going to the Knicks and people asking about it, and he just didn't handle it right. He didn't handle it in a mature fashion. And it was allowed to be a, become a major negative storyline 
in the in the Warriors season. And had they kept Clay healthy and kept had they kept Durant healthy, I still think they would have beat Toronto in the in the uh, NBA Finals, and it would have been a miracle that they could go through all this adversity and still win a championship. And Steve Kerr has come out and said the next season when they went 15-50 and 50 was far more fun for him than it was that final year of Kevin Durant. He didn't name Durant by name, but it was a big part of that was the contractual pro, uh, thing and coming up constantly and where he was going to play and being asked about it. And he let that situation get out of control, and it, it really hurt the team. And if they weren't so uber-talented, they would have come nowhere near the NBA Finals. The average NBA team vying for a finals appearance, just wouldn't have done it. But they had so much talent, they could overcome it, almost. And then they had injuries. But I thought to myself, is he going to be more like that, like Durant, which he just mentioned, without mentioning names? Or is he going to be more like Curry and say, hey, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. The reason why it's going to be interesting to me is because Draymond Green's an emotional guy. And so if the, if the money's bothering him, we're going to know about it. The other reason we're going to know about it is he's got a major outlet in his podcast. Don't know if you've ever heard of the Draymond Green podcast. He's a great promoter, and he's on TNT on occasion, and so it's it's going to happen. And if he's upset about it, it's, it's going to come out. And if he says something about it, he's going to be asked about it. So he has a couple of different ways he can go. He can either stick to the guns and, and, and what he just said and, and just not talk about it. He can mention it every once in a while and mention it on his podcast and then people are going to ask him about it and it's going to be like a wildfire because once you give us the okay to ask you about your contract because we're curious about it fans are curious about it they money talk is is interesting to people they want to know how much you're making they want to know if you're pissed off that you're not making making more also uh jordan Poole's is going to get a big contract he's going to get more money than draymond green andrew wiggins already makes more money than than him um an extension for Wiggins is coming, so Wiggins is going to make more money. Steph Curry already makes more money. Klay Thompson already makes more money. So you know, you know you're looking at the guy who's like sixth or seventh highest paid, and someone's going to ask him, hey, Draymond, what do you think about being the seventh highest paid warrior? And if he answers it and opens up the door, the media, we're going to run right through it, and then it's going to start happening. And I'm not saying it's going to be like the Kevin Durant season was. I don't think it is. But one thing I know about Draymond Green is if he feels disrespected, he wears his emotions on his sleeve, and he's not going to just hide it. He was the 35th overall player picked in, what, 2012? And he can tell you every single player that was that was picked in front of him. He holds a grudge, and it powers him. It empowers him. It juices him. It's fuel for him. That's what it does. So maybe the other side of this is maybe just maybe because he's playing for a contract this year, and he's going to opt out of $27.5 million because he's going to, even if he doesn't make that on an AAV, average annual value per year, I should, you know, to make it simple, then what's going to happen is someone's going to give him uh, extended years. They will if he's not a jerk and doesn't pull stupid stuff, and if he behaves himself and he plays great, and now he's incredibly motivated to do so. You want a great player? Get a player on the final year of his contract. Get a player on a one-year contract. I, I don't know what the analytics say, but I know this for a fact. Guys play their best ball, unless they're injured. Guys play their best ball in every single sport in the last year of their contract. And then they get the contract a lot of times, and they, they disappoint people. It happens all the time. So Draymond Green's going to be supremely motivated to, A, Sienna's best behavior because he's not off to a great start, and he's got to undo all this stuff or make people at least forget about it. And then he's got to stay healthy, be in shape, and lead the Warriors, in his case, to a championship or darn close, and not be the reason they didn't. He's going to be, I think, Defensive Player of the Year this year. He's going to stay motivated. He's going to stay healthy because he's playing for a contract. Draymond Green on a contract year is probably the best Draymond Green the Warriors can get. But that still doesn't mean he's not going to talk about his contract. 
if he plays great against Anthony Davis on opening night. Do I deserve a contract now? Does Jordan Poole deserve a contract more than me? It's going to grade on him. That's just how he is. So my prediction is he can say all he wants about not worrying about a contract, not talking about a contract. Guys like Steph Curry and LeBron James and Jordan when he was playing and all these guys who have basically been set up for life and know that they're a super max kind of a guy and they've made a ton of money, they're not worried about it. They don't talk about it. They don't think about it. They just play ball. Kevin Durant through that entire season would say, I just want to play basketball. I just want to play basketball. He said that all the time. I just want to play basketball. But then he'd go off on uh, in certain ways and in certain outlets and let the contract be known, and then he'd be asked about it, and then we'd all jump aboard it, and it just it just took on a life of its own and was a major reason why there was so much strife during the season for the Warriors. And, Dr- and Draymond Green's an emotional guy, and other guys are going to be getting paid, led by Jordan Poole, and I'm still not 100% convinced that there isn't some kind of a jealousy there that led to this punch, but okay, we're not going down that road right now. But I just don't know that Draymond Green can be a Steph Curry type of player in a it, again, it's not technically a contract year, but he's going to opt out. He has twenty-seven. He has a twenty-seven point five million dollar player option for next year. I should make that clear. And he's going to play this season, and he is eligible right now for an extension. He just said that they're not going to have extension talks. I think he feels disrespected by that already. Look at all these championships I helped you win. I mean, again, he has never said this, but word is is that he wants a max extension. He's not going to get a max extension. He's a great player. He's a major reason why they've won all these championships. I don't see him as a max player at this point in his career. I do see him wearing out his welcome with the Warriors. You see the Warriors having, you know, they have Jonathan Kaminga. They have James Wiseman. I would imagine that they're thinking to themselves, look, we got these guys not only to play, but to also, you've got to do this at times. You've got to reset your payroll at times. And Joe Lacob and the entire ownership group has said all the right things. Hey, we're going to pay and we're going to pay. And if we're in championship windows, no problem. They're not going to do it forever. And they're not going to continue to play the, pay these max penalties to keep everybody together. Clay Thompson's not getting a max contract anymore. He, he's, he, he didn't look like the same player. And again, a lot of it's due to injuries. So maybe Clay this year will make a miraculous return. But right now he's not even playing. And he's got some uh, mental hangups that are not allowing him to play. So I, I don't see Clay Thompson being a max player. I don't see Draymond Green being a max player. Uh, I don't see Draymond Green ending his career as a member of the Warriors, and he knows all these things. And so when Jordan Poole gets paid and when Andrew Wiggins gets paid and Poole was a part of one championship and Wiggins was a part of one championship and Draymond Green was a part of the dynasty, of the core of the dynasty and was here from the beginning of it, he's going to scratch his head and say, why don't I deserve this? Well, because analytics tell you you don't anymore pay for what a guy did. Thank you very much. We paid you for that. You don't pay anymore for what a guy did. You pay for what a guy is going to do. And so Steph Curry didn't get a thank you contract. Steph Curry got extended at the max level because he's still Steph Curry and can play. Not because he's the CEO. Not because he led the dynasty. It's because Steph Curry can still play at that level, and they can trust Steph Curry. Steph Curry going into his age 35 season – Still works his ass off. We have his trainer on all the time on our show on KNBR, Greg and I. We, they know, the Warriors know that he's going to be the CEO off the court. He's going to be the hardest worker on the court. That is money well spent. They don't know that about Draymond Green. So back to the original point. Is Draymond Green going to be more Kevin Durant and this thing spirals out of control and becomes a major problem, his contract? Or is he going to be more Steph Curry of what he just said? Hey, the season started, man. I'll deal with that in the offseason. I just don't see it. He's got too many outlets. In, in in order to say things, he's got too much emotion. 
There's a matter of disrespect. I know that he believes that all these guys, other guys are getting paid. What about me? And at some point, a losing streak, something said, something's done, some rumors. He goes on his podcast. I could just see it happen. I could be 100% wrong. Draymond Green staying quiet about his contract this year? I doubt it. It's time for one for the road. I don't think anyone's trying to scheme anyone out of that or it's just the way sports are you just I miss throws refs miss calls you know but we try to do the best we can do and when they don't go your way you just complain to the refs like I do so <laughs> that's Tom Brady on Thursday and we all know this week what's been going on as far as officials uh, Grady Jarrett with a sack of Brady Sunday in the Falcons Bucks game that was called uh, roughing the quarterback on Monday night Chris Jones of Kansas City rips the ball away from Derek Carr I don't think the officials saw that he had fumbled. They call that roughing the passer, and that was not an accurate call. And everybody's up in arms. You got to change this rule. And uh, quarterbacks are are soft. And and Troy Aikman got in trouble for saying quarterbacks should be wearing dresses. Misogynistic uh, comment that he made on Monday Night Football. But here's the thing: <laughs> you can complain about the refs all you want. And I heard Steve Young say this on KMBR the other day. This is the only rule in the books, a, when a, and it is a judgment call, that the officials are told, when in doubt, throw the flag. When in doubt, throw the flag. Well, why do you think they make that type of rule? Why do you take, think they tell the officials, when in doubt, throw the flag? Uh, these are the leading men of the NFL. Think of this. Think of the quarterbacks as the lead in a movie, right? Best actor in a lead role. And the nominees are Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If he's out, it's Blaine Gabbert. Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. If he's out, it's Chad Henney. Aaron Rodgers of the Packers. If he gets knocked out, it's Jordan Love. Josh Allen of the Bills. If he's out of the game, it's Case Keenum. Joe Burrow, it's Brandon Allen. Justin Herbert, his backup's Chase Daniel. Matthew Stafford, his backup's John Wolford. Do you get it? It's a movie. These are the lead men. That's who they market. When you see a Monday night football, uh, now you know coming up on Monday night football, Tom Brady takes on Aaron Rodgers, not Blaine Gabbert against Jordan Love. That's not how they do it. These are the leading men in the movie. They're the ones who make the money. They're the ones who make the money go round. They're the lead actors in the movie. They're the guys that the NFL markets. Those are the prettiest guys in the game. They're the most popular guys in the game. Just look in the stands and look at the jerseys. 75% of them are whatever team's quarterback that is. You know, they don't want that guy knocked out. You can talk about the game and the fairness of the game, and yeah, it's a game. And they probably want the best team to win the championship, but you know what it is really about for most of the owners, even though you don't want to hear this, if we want to pull back the black curtain, the NFL is a business. And the NFL does not want their leading men knocked out of the game. That's soft. That You can't call that. That's not roughing the passer. Sorry, Grady Jarrett. You're not the lead man. Sorry, Chris Jones. You're not the lead man. Defensive linemen aren't. Quarterbacks are. And it's not even close. So I get it. You can scream and you can yell, and you can say they should change the rule, 
And I even had people uh, on the text line today on KNBR saying that they need to make this play reviewable. They're not going to make it reviewable. It's not reviewable. They don't want Blaine Gabbard in for Tom Brady. They don't want Chad Henney in for Patrick Mahomes. There's not enough quarterbacks to go around in the NFL as it is. And at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. They're there to make money. That's really what the owners care about. There is a handful of owners in sports, Mark Cuban, Jerry Jones, the Warriors owners, Joe Lacob, that want to win a championship above anything else. Al Davis did. Uh, I believe the 49ers do. But there's a lot more owners who look at the bottom line. They're businessmen at the end of the day, and they see dollars and cents, and they do not want their quarterback knocked out of a game. That's just the way it goes. That's who they market. That's who does the commercials. That's who the NFL sells. That's who's on the marquee. When it's Sunday or Thursday or Monday night football and you see an advertisement for it, who are they showing? The Chargers are taking on the Broncos. Justin Herbert versus Russell Wilson. That's what they do. It's not a defensive tackle up there. It's not a running back up there. It's not a wide receiver up there. It's the quarterbacks. That's the face of the franchise, and those guys aren't getting hurt. So the referees are told, when in doubt, throw the flag. That's what they're going to do. That's the deal. Sorry, that's the real NFL. Protect the leading men, and that's one for the road. And that is Unleashed, episode 24 for Friday, October 14th, 2022. I am John Lund. Make sure you subscribe. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your friends. Interact at John Lund Radio on Twitter. My day job, KNBR Radio in San Francisco from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. By the way, episode 23, I had my good friend Kevin Franzen on. He is the uh, radio, or excuse me, TV analyst for the Washington Nationals, was a radio analyst for the Philadelphia Phillies, former Major League player and family, uh, former San Francisco Giants. So listen to episode 23 if you missed it. I did a double post today. So listen to me and Franny. We talked for about an hour about the Major League Baseball playoffs and everything that's going on. Aaron Judge. i got to restart the music because I wanted to make sure I promoted that. But uh, we talked to Aaron Judge, trade destinations, why the Dodgers are always so damn good and when are they going to stop being good, all the playoff series. So make sure you tune into Episode 23 with Franny and I. It's a good conversation. And I promote everything. KNBR, interact with the show, Unleashed. This is Episode 24. Friday, October 14th. Have a great weekend. We will be better next time. It's Unleashed. Various Sports Talk with me, John Lund, on the Locked On Podcast Network.